0: Next, what's next for us? That's, uh, you know, we've, we've we started the year with a, a vision casting series called Genu 2020, A Decade of Opportunity. So what's next for us going forward in this? And and um, we did Genu Stronger when we first launched uh, during, the, during the pandemic and the early days of the pandemic. And so I just want to take Genu Stronger and move it into what's next for Generations United Church. I can tell you this that we will continue to know God we are going to continue to live connected. I encourage you to get involved in a small group, uh, groups of you know ten or fifteen people out. Try to do them outside if it's at all possible. But continue to live connected, uh, and we also are going to continue to make a difference. Christy, our local missions coordinator, Christy Mann, uh, is working on a plan over the next few weeks where we can we can actually do some com- some local outreaches in our community uh, and also stay safe at the same time. So we'll be letting you know more about that. But I can tell you this this morning, Gen you. COVID has not destroyed our vision for this decade of opportunity. We may be sidetracked a little bit in the early stages of, of, of 2020 and, and even in the middle of 2020 now, but I can assure you God has his hand on Generations United Church. We're going to continue to move forward, and COVID's not going to win. The enemy's not going to win, and we're going to go forward for a decade of opportunity. Amen? Right there in the living room, just go ahead give me a big shout-out amen this morning. The word that I have for you today is something that, that was birthed really a number of years ago um, in Argentina, actually. Uh, we were down there building uh, dormitories for married students at the River Plate Bible Institute, and uh, and I was asked to speak at a local church. I, I don't typically do that when we're on missions trips because, quite frankly, being a southern uh, person with uh, a serious redneck tendencies and drawl I can assure you that it doesn't translation of what I say is not always doesn't always work in foreign languages But Rocky Graham's a missionary down there was one of the one. Of the, he's a great friend. He's also just a, a fantastic translator, and he did a great job uh, Translating what I was saying to a group of individuals at a church there in in Buenos Aires, Argentina and I talked to that church that day about about some individuals and as I was thinking over the Latin over this week as to what I wanted to say to you today and We're starting a new series. It's called genuine next and uh, And how I was going to how would I present this to you today? And I'm not preaching the same thing that I did in Argentina. It's got a little different twist to it But the but the but the content or the center focus of it is very similar It's about individuals who find themselves in desperate places and you know what? I think that we can qualify and, and consider our situation kind of a desperate situation. There's so much up in the air right now. School is supposed to start in just, a, in just a little over a month, and there's a whole bunch of decisions that you have to make this week if you're putting your children in public school. Are they going to go back to in-classroom? Are they going to stay at home and do uh, virtual school? What are, what are the decisions that you have to make over the next really few days relative to your children? You know, and, and with, with our decision as to going back online, all of these things that, that have thrown, uh, thrown such a curveball to everybody relative to what and how we do life every day. And so I want to bring this message to you this morning, and I hope that it will be an encouragement to you. I hope that it will speak deep in your heart, and it's just not the springboard message of what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. But I want to talk to you today about, about a man named Zacchaeus. Uh, In Luke 19, and when I was a little boy, we sang a song about Zacchaeus being a wee little man, and a wee little man was he, and I'm not going to sing it because I don't think I can remember all the words anymore. Uh, I'm just getting a little further on past those days, but but here's the deal. In Luke 19, Jesus is entering Jericho, and he's passing through, and there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a tax collector. He was a wealthy man. But he was the chief tax collector in the area, which means nobody liked him. He was considered the lowest of lows. He was considered all had, they called him all types of names. But verse 3 of of Luke 19 tells us this. He wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to see Jesus. But because he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd. Verse 4 says he ran and climbed a sycamore tree. Uh, to see him since Jesus was coming that way. And, and if you've ever read that story, uh, you know, Jesus walks up and looks up and sees Zacchaeus in a tree. And he says, Zacchaeus, come down. i want to have lunch with you today. And the end of the story is this, that Zacchaeus, uh, he repents and he comes to faith in Jesus Christ. And he lives his life, the rest of his life out for Jesus. The next person that you see, that I want you to see is in Luke chapter 8 and Matthew also, Matthew chapter 9. A woman with an issue of blood. She's got a blood disorder. And, and Jesus, Matthew 9, gives us a little bit of backstory. She had been suffering from this blood disorder for 12 years. And she said to herself, when she heard that Jesus was coming to town, she said to herself, if I can just get close enough to touch the hem of his garment, I know that I will be healed. Well, Luke, not, Luke 8 tells us, when he, he goes into a little bit more detail about the story, and Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. There were so many people thronging around Jesus. And and this woman was there. She'd been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She's in this unbelievable place of desperation. She had exhausted everything that she had. The doctor said, there's nothing more that we can do. And she had this idea that if I can just get close enough to Jesus to touch the hem of his garment, I know that I'll be healed. Okay? And so she presses through, and she finally gets close enough by pressing through these crowds that are almost crushing Jesus to where she can just touch the hem of his garment and instantly she received her healing. In Mark chapter 10 there's a story of a man named Bartimaeus. He's blind and it's also surrounding in the area of Jericho. Together, disciples with Jesus, together with a large crowd. There's that crowd again Uh, leaving the city. a A blind man named Bartimaeus was sitting by the roadside begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And everybody turned around and said, man, you need to be quiet. You need to be quiet. But the Bible teaches us that he sounded, he he shouted all the more, David, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped, called to him, and he went to where Jesus was, and he was healed of his blindness. And then the third group is a group of individuals from the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The story goes this, that Nebuchadnezzar had built this idol, and he had commanded that everyone in the nation, when the music began to play, that they would bow down to this idol and worship this idol. And when they did it the first time, the the leaders of the community went to Nebuchadnezzar and said, everybody was bowing but these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, so the king called him in and said, hey, guys, you've got to do this. You're making me look bad. When, I, when this music plays, I'm going to give you one more shot. When the music plays, you've got to bow down in front of this. And, and they, these, these three guys said this. They said, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your hand, king. But even if he doesn't, Now, this is the the declaration here. But even if he does not deliver us from your hand and from the blazing furnace, we want you to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. What a declaration that they made. What a declaration that these three guys made. Every one of these individuals, Zacchaeus, the woman with the blood disorder, uh, blind Bartimaeus, and now the three Hebrew children all make this declaration. They all are facing unbelievable situations. They all have something very very close in common. They were all in places of desperation. And, and, and in those de- times of desperation, there were these obstacles that they had to overcome. The psalmist talks about in Psalm forty-two, one. It says, "This as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul longs for you, O God, or so my soul pants for you, O God." Years ago, I did a, I did a study of this passage, and I got a little bit of the backstory in the writing of this passage, and and the reason the the picture of the deer is being used here. Is it is one, not of a deer that's just walking through the forest and wants to get a drink of water in, in, in the, in the, in the, in the river there or in the stream. But this is a picture of a deer that's been harassed and by, by, by predators. They've been hunted with an inch of their life and they've been pushed and pushed and pushed and their tongue is hanging out. And the only thing they can think about is I have, ha- I have to have some water. I am desperate for water. I'm desperate for something to quench this thirst in my life. I'm desperate for some encounter that's going to change my situation. So I'm asking you here this morning, as we're thinking about this, what did each of these situations have in common? There was the element of desperation involved. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, but he couldn't because he was too short to see over everything that was going on. The woman with the blood disorder, she had been told, you There is no hope for you. And she's sitting here going, if I go out in public, then there's going to be a problem. But I've got to get to see Jesus. I'm desperate because I've been told there's no hope for me. Bartimaeus is blind. He's been blind for years, sees nothing. And he's in a state of desperation. And the only thing that he hears is that Jesus is passing by. And then obviously Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are in a situation of desperation because they're about to be thrown into a fiery furnace because they won't bow to an idol. So there's this obstacle. There's this time of desperation, but there's also some obstacles to every one of these situations. There's the obstacle of crowd, and there's the obstacle of personal limitations. Let's talk about the crowd for just a minute. Zacchaeus couldn't see over the crowd. The woman couldn't get to Jesus because of the crowd. Bartimaeus was told to be quiet because of the crowd and by the crowd. And the pressure that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were put under because everyone else in that nation, and especially in that marketplace, in that courtyard there where this statue was, everyone else is bowing. So now you have the pressure of the crowd to do what everybody else is doing. Well kind of similar to where we are this morning. You know, there's a lot of pressure out there. There's a lot of stuff. The crowds get in the way sometimes. But you know what? The crowds are not here anymore. COVID is pretty well taking care of that for now. But you may be sitting in your living room this morning going, you know what? I just need to get to church today. If I could have just gone to church, my life would be changed. And for somebody out there this morning, I don't know if it's for one somebody or many somebodies, but I can tell you this. It's been the church crowd that has held you back from an encounter with God. Maybe you got hurt in church, or maybe you feel like nobody talks to you, or you don't fit in, or maybe it's too cold, or it's too hot, or the music's too loud, or the lights are too low, or there's too many people, or there's not enough people, or there's not enough masks, or there's too many masks. Well, listen to me this morning. God has allowed all of us to be in a place now where it's just you and your family. Where it's just you or you and your family in that room watching this right now. You control the lights. You control the volume. You control the temperature. You also control how much of Jesus you want in your life. You control that. The crowd is off the table. It's not an obstacle anymore to having an encounter with God. What about the personal limitations? Well, in these three, four stories that we're talking about here, there's physical stature that's an issue. There's sickness that's an issue. There's blindness that's an issue. There's a culture of idolatry that is an issue. Sounds very familiar. We're living in this reality right now. But Zacchaeus said this, I have got to see Jesus. And he climbed a tree. The woman with the blood disorder, she said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, she pushed through the crowd. And here's a sidebar that you may not be aware of, and that is this. Because of her blood disease, she couldn't be in public. And if she was caught in public, she could have been stoned according to the law. And if she touched a rabbi or a holy man, she would certainly be put to death. But she, even in, the, in, the, in light of all of those obstacles, her personal sickness, the crowd that was strong in Jesus, everything that was going on, she still pushed through to have an encounter with God. And then Bartimaeus, he heard Jesus was passing by, so he shouted. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd said, be quiet. He goes, (laughs) forget that. This was my shot. This was the only way. This was the only hope that I have is an encounter with Jesus. And the Bible says he shouted all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And it got Jesus' attention. Jack, Meshach, and Abednego, the crowd was bowing. They refused twice, even facing Death. Even facing, they knew that if they didn't bow, that Nebuchadnezzar was going to put them in the fiery furnace. They were going to go in that furnace. And they declared, We will not bow, and our God will deliver us from death or through death, but we will be delivered all of these situations, there's an issue with the crowd, and there's some personal limitation. But each of these scenarios, they didn't let that stop them. They continued. They pressed into God. Generations United Church, let me tell you something this morning. This is not a time to shrink back. It is not a time to let anxiety overwhelm you. It is not a time to live in fear or get angry. It is a time to press in, to move forward in Jesus, to run to Him, to embrace Him, to push through the crowd, to touch the hem of His garment, to know Him deeper than you ever had before. That's what this time is. That's what this time is. Draw close to Him. Whatever it takes, whatever you have to do to encounter Jesus, whatever And regardless of the limitation that you think you have in your life, whatever, regardless of how desperate you think your situation is, I'm telling you this morning, press in, press through. If it means you climb a tree, if it means you press through a crowd, touch the hem of His garment, call out to Him louder than you've ever called out to Him before. In your desperation, if you will make a declaration, I've got to get to Jesus. That declaration, I've got to know Jesus. I've got to get closer to Jesus. I've got to press into Jesus. I need to touch him. I need him to hear me. I'm going to do whatever is necessary. If you do that in your desperation, make your declaration. I can promise you, according to God's word, that there there will be a visitation of the Holy Spirit in your life and in your home and in your family. Zacchaeus in the tree met Jesus and had lunch with him, and it changed his life. The woman, when she touched Jesus, she was completely healed of her blood disorder. Bartimaeus, blind, when he had an encounter with Jesus, he regained his sight. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in their time of unbelievable desperation, Jesus came into the furnace with them. And Nebuchadnezzar was looking through the window of that thing, and he said, wait, did we not put three guys in there? And they said, yes, we did. Well, he said, I'm looking in there, and I'm seeing four guys, and the fourth man looks like the son of the gods. In other words, Jesus came in from heaven and went into the fiery furnace with these guys, and those guys were delivered at a level that when they came out, the ropes were burned, their clothes were fine, they didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. Now, that's an encounter with Jesus in a time of desperation. Listen to me, Jen, you, and all of you that are listening this morning, listen to me. A visitation of the Holy Spirit is not confined to a church building or an in-person church service. If we in our desperation, if we make a declaration, it will bring a visitation of the Holy Spirit into our life. So the question today is this how desperate are you? How desperate are you? Will you make your own declaration? Are you ready for a visitation? You say, "Well, I've never had a visitation of God in my house. First time for everything. First time for everything." I saw in some of the some of the comments this morning, we got folks that are traveling right now, and they're watching while they're traveling. And I'm going to tell you something: You're driving, you keep your eyes on the road and keep your hand on the wheel. But the rest of you in the car, open your heart for a visitation of God right there where you are, because God is not confined to time or space. God is not confined. To a situation in a church service we don't have those in person right now but i'm telling you this we're having them and god's moving right now i can feel it in my spirit that god is touching some people out there in your homes right where you are in your car while you're driving down the road how desperate are you will you make your own declaration are you ready for your visitation get ready it's coming genuine all i can tell you is this we're going to continue to know god we're going to continue to live connected. We're going to continue to make a difference. Keep moving toward God. Keep moving toward Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I pray for everybody watching this service this morning. God, right there, wherever they are, in their vehicles, in their cars, at their places, wherever they are this morning, in their living room, God, right there in their pajamas. God, I pray that if they, in their time of desperation, Father, If they will make a declaration, and that declaration is, I want to know you more, that you will visit each one in a very personal and real way. Make yourself real today, God, as we move into you, Father, and we give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer together as we close out the sermon portion of our service today, folks. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.